welcome back to Red Devils Talk, brought to you by the Elite Football Show. My name is Hayden, and I'm your host as ever today. Manchester United are playing tomorrow night against Sheffield United. Massive, massive game for us. And to talk through it with me is Kieran, Joe and Mark. How are you boys doing today and how excited are you for tomorrow? Because United win this, Kieran. You know, we're looking quite pretty in the table and we're looking like we can really, really force, well, I don't want to say it, maybe a title charge. It's a tough one, but look, it's against Sheffield United. If you don't win that game, then there's serious questions to be asked. They only have one point in the entire season. doesn't matter who they've played against. They've been, their performances have been pretty bad. So, look, anyone should be expecting a win tomorrow night and look it's it's one of those if it doesn't then i'd say everybody be raging for about a week and look i think all of the fixtures thus far i know tonight there's still a couple more to go but have all gone in our favor yeah absolutely we've got jamie hello mate good to see you as always bits and bobs my man he's got the best best opening line ever guys if you haven't seen it check out his channel he's doing some mad work thanks mate and uh good to see you here Joe, how are you feeling? Because I'm feeling a little bit nervous. I can't lie to you. United usually fall and trip up in the games that we are meant to be winning, aka Sheffield United. One point in the whole of the season for them so far. It's just set up, isn't it, to, for them to get a victory against United or at least turn up and put in a performance which we haven't seen this season from them. Yeah, the three things that make me nervous here, mate, to be honest. Um, first of all, like you said there, Sheffield United, no win to the name this season. They haven't they played well in some games for periods, but without reward and the finishing's been quite poor. But you just you just know, don't you? I think Kieran said to us a few weeks ago, you can you can bet your bottom dollar where Sheffield United's first win of the season's gonna be. And it'd just be our luck, obviously, if it was on Thursday. So that makes me nervous. The other thing that makes me nervous is how often does it feel that when other result when other teams do like mess up, we often don't capitalise. So when the results go our way, usually find if that happens on a weekend, we usually don't go and do our jobs. So that makes me nervous that everybody else has dropped points. So can we capitalise on that? And three, just because it's United this season, and you just don't know what you're going to get game to game. And I think it doesn't really matter how well Sheffield United are playing or not. It's one of those games the players are going to have to be up for it because you can question Sheffield United's quality at times this season, but one thing you won't be able to question under Wilder is their effort, their commitment and their energy. And I think someone said earlier, I think they're second in the league for distance covered and and and, and uh, the metres that they've run this season. So, you know, they're going to be hard working. You know, they're going to put their bodies on the line. So, even though they struggled, it's not the type of game United could just rock up to and say three points. So they, we're going to have to be on our game still. Yeah, that's really well summarised. Mark, I'm going to come to you first for the first topic. We're going to talk about rivals dropping points. Now, this is a really, really big game for Man United, especially what we've seen. We've seen Southampton be fantastic. Arsenal obviously losing. Chelsea have lost the last two games. Title chasing Chelsea. You've got Man City who just aren't firing at all. I mean, now I'm looking at last week's game. I still think United probably could have done more to win that. I think, you know, possibly might look a little bit later down the line. I thought maybe that's two points dropped because it isn't really the city that we've seen over the past few years. But it's a really strange season. And Man United haven't really played very well. I can really count three performances where I thought United were fantastic. It could be the Everton game. I thought we were very good. I thought we were fantastic against PSG, the one that we won, and, and fantastic against Leipzig. But looking at it now, you've got to be thinking to ourselves that if United can get a run together and Oli can get this front line firing a bit more and we can stop leaking goals, silly goals, why can't we be in the mix You know, after Christmas time? Yeah, we absolutely can. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's a good thing that we haven't really hit any second gear yet. We've still not hit any consistency. So you, you have to really ask the question that if we do and start to get a run of form, then we, we could get points and absolutely climb the, the league. And, and as you say, it's it's, a, it's been a mad one so far. You can't really call any results at all. It's it's completely gone against the grain of everything it's, it's a strange one for me because you know we were we were confident against City going into the City game but then against um, teams like Sheffield United there's a lot more uncertainty and there's a lot more um, well less confidence um, 
the results have been bizarre over the last couple of days as well, and and obviously with Arsenal losing as well, it's always good to see, um, and uh, and hopefully we get we you know, we hit the ground running, we come out and we we start to get. So everyone's going to be aware of that you know that they're, they're going to be more aware than us, regardless. So, um, I really hope that Ollie's sort of um, drilled into them that tomorrow night it's completely in their hands. Um, and we, you know, they've only got a point, as Kieran said, and and really we should. It, you're absolutely right as well that if we, if we can't be beating teams like that and they don't turn up as prime Barcelona, then we've got a real problem. Um, so hopefully we get the three points tomorrow night, and hopefully when we next have a discussion, we'll be uh, we'll be happy. Yeah, it's, for me, it's an interesting one because look, we have said at the start of the season that there's always going to be big teams dropping points this year but just the way the league's going where we have to fit in all of those look you have to fit in the 10 months into nine so teams that aren't able to kind of rotate as much you're going to drop points and that's that's the problem that's what we're seeing now it starts hitting into where you're having some of these teams that are playing two or two or three games within one week and you see the difference just wait until Christmas time as well, which we'll talk about later on. Teams are going to struggle. We're going to see this is the period that teams tend to drop points anyway. You look towards the end of December, and there's always some surprise results. The problem has always been, like you mentioned, Hater, is really since Fergie, we've never capitalized on any of our rivals dropping points ever. I think every single time we've had a chance to get, whether it's top four, Champions League, something when one of our rivals has dropped points, so have we. And last that's season, a... I think 14 times when Chelsea dropped points, we United did. also dropped points. So this like this is the problem is the players need to honestly the players have to forget what happens. I don't really want them listening to what's going on in the Premier League today or yesterday because it's irrelevant because if United don't win, it doesn't matter. So realistically I think other teams dropping points, it's great because the league is so close, but the problem, and one of the comments said it, we're not consistent either. We're going to drop points. We're never going to be able to. It's just the way we are. We don't pick up points against teams we're supposed to. And then suddenly we have a result against a team that we're expecting to either lose or draw against. That's kind of the nature of Manchester United the last couple of years. We, we don't take advantage of when we actually have that chance to push up. You look at it now. Let's say Tottenham and Liverpool, there's no winner there if it's a draw. And if the results stay the same, if United win their game, they're what, one or two points off top, something like that. So, and they'd have a game in hand. So it's one of those that you, they really need to capitalize now because look, you're playing in Sheffield United. There's no excuse not to win that game. Yes, like Joe said, Sheffield United, they're a really hardworking team. The problem is they don't have goal scorers in their team. They can't. They can't put if the ball you, in the back of the net. If net. you score against your Sheffield United, all you have to do is be average defensively, and you're going to win the game. So all we need to do is make sure that we can get that first goal. We it'll be very similar to after lockdown. If we score early, it'll be a fairly straightforward game. That's what we did the first time. If we don't score early and it gets later on in the game, and we have to push up, that's when we actually give them a chance to nick a goal, and that's the last thing we need. Yeah. I mean, for me, normally, I'm not a footballer, so it's difficult, but I think at this stage of the season, it's all about not even looking at the table normally. It's about just trying to win games, trying to clock up as many wins as you can up until Christmas, and then sort of after New Year, that's when you start looking at the table and start, you know, maybe thinking, oh, if they could lose here, they could lose there. But it's, it's hard not to look at the table because it's just interesting to see who's up there at the moment, isn't it? I mean, obviously, Southampton, have, but they're 1-1 now. They were winning and, you know, they would have gone top of the table with that win. So, I mean, it's quite intriguing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you'd have asked me at the start of the season you, that United would be this close to Liverpool, this many points in front of City, you know, this close to the top of the table, I'd have probably said to you, well... United must have sort of been playing the way the way they did post lockdown, and everybody else must be having an off season. But actually, they're not. And you know, normally I'd say, well, you know, we're playing at our best, and the other teams aren't quite. At it. If they up it a little bit, they'll stretch away. So don't get carried away. But you just don't know this season because nobody really found top gear yet. We know Man United can play a lot better than than what they have been already this season. So. 
look, if they can start getting one of those Ollie runs together, if they could have a 12, 13, 14 game run where they go unbeaten, I mean, that's going to take you into January, February, nearly into March. <laughs> you may, I tell you, then, then if you get to March and you're still only two or three points off the top of the table, then you do start thinking you're in it, don't you? But I think it's too early yet. And I just think there's going to be so many teams vying for that top four this season as well. Like, it's not an obvious top four this year. It's not an obvious top six. You know, Southampton are looking to break into it. Leicester will learn from their mistakes last season, I'm sure. And if they're in the position again, they'll, they'll do better this time. So I think it's going to be really tricky. Everton have brought themselves into the conversation. It's almost like a top eight now, if you know what I mean. It, it's It could be anybody's top four this year. Yeah, I mean, Lukesh has got a really great point here. It's a psychological thing. When the onus comes on Man United to move up, they fold. And that's the biggest problem. Look, I've always said that this is a this is a talented squad. Yes, there's some deficiencies in it, but it's a talented squad. And what you're seeing, look, it's two two things, right? Our rivals aren't firing either, so that's why it is so close. And other teams have taken a step up. But also, United should take two things. They should, they should be happy and disappointed at the fact that if they played better and if we were showing more consistency and better form, we'd be, we'd be cruising this. But also, the positive is we haven't even really got out of second gear. We've shown it in bursts. And we're this close and... Like you said, Joe, United put a run together. And that's I think that's what frustrates me because I feel like for the first time in years, I'm talking seven years since Sir Alex has gone, this is the, our best chance to win the title. Yeah, I'm not saying United are going to do it. I, I agree with you. We're 11 games in. I think it's too early. We have to wait till what happens after Christmas. I think Kieran said this a while ago that that's when you really get it in terms of looking at the squad rotation and you can win and lose a title over the Christmas period. So that's what frustrates me about our summer dealings and also I think the ambition of the board is that if they'd actually got the players that Oli wanted in in the summer, I think United could have easily gone and cruised this league. And it's our best opportunity, Mark. And that's the thing, isn't it? That we have to take this opportunity. We have to play out of our skins. And actually it might work in our favour that the rest of the the media are turning around saying United aren't good enough, they're rubbish. Um, you know, they've got no, no chance at all because you're looking over at Chelsea and they're saying the title title challenges are, oh, they're brilliant, they're going to win the league. United don't have any pressure on them. No one's expecting us to do anything. So actually that should work in our favour. We just go under the radar. We carry on taking each game as it comes, doing our thing. And you never know, we could be finding ourselves up near the top. I still think it's Spurs and Liverpool's to lose, personally. I, I think Tottenham are looking scary this year because I think they can do Liverpool today because what Jose does in the big games is what he does all the time. He sits back and puts 11 men behind the ball. He's sitting on the edge of his uh, six, um, edge of his penalty box. But the difference is, what he didn't have at United, he's got Son and Kane, two of the, two of the best forwards in the Premier League and possibly in Europe right now in terms of form. So... Do you think that it actually will be beneficial that United don't have a lot of pressure on them? And does it worry you a little bit about, as Lukesh said, the psychological thing as well? Because I don't think United's mental strength is something which we can say the side's got a lot of. No, we don't really have a, a winning mentality like we did eight years ago. And I think that has a, a huge impact. Um, Tottenham do look scary. And I think you're absolutely right that um, I think it will be probably between Liverpool and Tottenham. But I think we need to believe in the team. Um, you know, as we've already said, um, we are certainly not playing very well and we've we've come out of it with quite a number of points, which we probably didn't expect. So that's a good thing. That's a positive thing. And they should really uh, harness that. And hopefully, if, if, as you say, they can build up a run of form. We, we know that Ollie, we've seen it. I know we've I know we've seen a lot of inconsistencies, but we've seen it three times now where Ollie will get the team together. We will get you know, um, something behind us and we will be able to build up a, a good run. So hopefully that's going to come at the right time. Hopefully we can still continue to get some points on the board. You never know. Um, we will have a good run in between. That's what you've got to believe and what you've got to hope. And and I think it's um, now's the, the you're absolutely right. You know, the, the better time, better time than ever. Um, so 
We just have to see, you know, we have to take it one game at a time. There definitely is, a, as you say, a psychological problem there, but hopefully we can we can start to build a bit of belief. And 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 Ollie's probably, as as I've said many times, he might not be great at everything, but he's a very good people person. And um, if it's anyone that's going to be able to rile the team and and get them into a positive and can-do attitude, it will be him, and he'll know how to do that. So let's see what happens. Um, hopefully by Christmas we're in a better position and we'll push on from there. That's a good point about the yeah being a good man manager. But Kieran, do you not think though that that now the pressure should be on Ollie now because you're looking at what's happening around him. So now he has to, as Joseph says here, our strikers aren't firing at all, and that's a big problem. That's a really big problem. But also it's a positive because United can't score goals. The forwards can't score goals. But when they do, because they will, and Martial will st- score goals. He'll have a streaky phase two or three months where he'll score a lot of goals and then you'll hear Martial's world class etc but do you not think that actually now the pressure is now on Oli a lot more because he actually needs to get this team firing now there's not really any excuses because the rest of the league is looking a bit weak as well United got an opportunity to go to the next level got an opportunity to challenge uh, we've got good players in my opinion there's a lot of talent there. there's a lot of firepower so now right United need and Oli needs to get them firing so now the pressure turns up a little bit internally but also from the fans because i think fans are now thinking and a lot of fans are saying you know you know i can win the league or they can challenge this is our best chance uh, it's too early to say but for me i'd still say it's our best chance in in seven years so is it fair for people to put that extra pressure on ollie now to say right okay you've got to go and beat teams now more convincingly with a better style yeah it's a it's hard to judge because like i can't remember if it was joe or mark said earlier that there's not as much pressure because of the other teams because everyone's still expecting Tottenham, Liverpool, Chelsea to be the main ones up there. So United can try and improve internally because, look, we've said it before, the strikers haven't been playing that well. They've scored, like Rashford's gotten some important goals. You've seen Greenwood get an important goal. Martial hasn't really done anything to start the season they'll improve the form. So it just depends on when it happens. If this can happen pretty soon, then United will put themselves in the position to be involved in a title race. I I know um, you mentioned it earlier that if United are two or three points behind in whatever it is in January or February, if we were seven or eight points behind in January or February, I'd be happy because you're still involved because teams can drop points very quickly and you can get in and you can get in on it. I think, yes, there's going to be pressure on Ollie because it is our best chance, but you have to look at it. It's our best chance because every other season has been woeful because we haven't been good enough. This year, you look at it, you're like, they're not that far off some of the top teams. Look at Man City and, and United. They're not that much different. The firepower is there, but none of them are actually hitting top form defense for city you probably give them the edge because united have been pretty streaky this year but it's it's always been very similar to united that their defense actually tends to improve as it as the season goes on you saw it at, at stages last year where early on it was good and then it got quite bad and then it improved as it went on because look a lot of teams in the premier league want to press and they want to press with a lot of intensity Try doing that for a whole season, and it's very hard for a team to do. So you're going to get a couple of games where teams won't be able to play exactly the way they want to because they don't have the firepower and they don't have the legs to do it. You'll see that over Christmas. You'll see probably in that third or fourth game after the Christmas break that there'll be teams that if you notice the stats of how the distance that they've run, it's going to be a lot less than what you would expect from teams. It happens every single year. That's when the big teams need to kind of take advantage of some of the smaller teams in the league. So that's a big one. It's, I do agree though. This is the year that really you look at it and it's actually a chance for United to progress. You can, even if you don't win the league, just to be involved in some form of challenge is. Yeah, but by March yeah, at but, least, because when have we been but, able to say that? I've, I've missed the feeling. Of yeah, that. but this is what the players need, because we we talk about the psychological element. None of those players, apart from what De Gea, who's in the starting lineup, have ever been in a Premier League title challenge or have won or even come close to it. 
So like at the end of the day, unless the players are in that, they're not going to know how to react and they're never going to get over that hump until they're actually in it. Look, I think we can all agree our team probably isn't good enough to actually win a title, but to even be involved in it, I'm fine with others saying our team's not good enough because it means that we don't have to put this extra pressure that we have to win this year because we're not expected to. But really, you've seen it. All you have to do is have some form of consistency throughout the year. Like you look at the way we performed from January till the end of the season. If we do, if we can replicate something similar to that this time from January to the end of the season, you'll see United be involved in that kind of top three. And that's really all you can ask them now. Where you mentioned that, yes, I think the two favourites are probably Spurs and Liverpool. I still give a big edge to Liverpool because Spurs, while we we mentioned Kane and Son plenty of times, but how many of those games have they played where they score that goal and then literally don't have another shot on target for the, almost the rest of the game? Overall in the season, that comes back to bite you because you're not going to win all those games because there will be teams that will be able to attack you and be able to score. And we've seen it. Spurs have gotten a couple of good goals where I think it was against Brighton, where Brighton were pretty good and they got that lucky goal at the end. Liverpool, when you look at them, they still look the class above everybody else in the Premier League. They have frailties this year, but they still look like the top team going towards into December anyway, even with Van Dyke not being there. Yeah, great point. So I'm going to read out a few comments before I come to Joe. Helly is right. These results should serve as a huge motivator for the guys. There's more pressure now, I think, because everyone else is dropping points, especially within the fan base. If United, I mean, I think the expectations have gone up for myself personally. I'm talking about myself. That looking around the other teams dropping points and looking at our squad and what we are. I think what a lot of fans maybe, or the reason why they expect more is because of the fact of the run that we went on at the end of last season. We've seen the level and that, and we've got a better squad now. There's more players that come in. We're not necessarily weaker. So I think that's what frustrates a lot of fans that we've seen that. And now we want to see that consistency. I mean, Green Devil here. Yeah, it's time we start taking advantage of these positive positions we find ourselves in. We've got to stop being the maybe men and get it done by winning these two games in hand. Absolutely right. I mean, I couldn't put that better. And Lakesh is saying here, uh, the way the season is going, it just looks like the champions may end up with 80 to 85 points. Look, I, I honestly think that we've got the most informed player in the league, Bruno Fernandes. That, that counts for a lot because he's putting up numbers. Now, Joe, it's about finding the right combinations in the team. I don't think we found the right combinations in attack. I don't think we find, in my opinion, the right combination to play in the double pivot. I don't think we found the right combination at fullback either because I, I think wan become a little bit of a liability so all these things put together it does seem like it's gonna be difficult for United to do that but on the other hand you're looking at teams around you Arsenal Gabriel's been sent off Arsenal look like they're gonna be well they're in disarray for me right now they're in a relegation fight Chelsea as well are a strong side but when it comes to a big side they, they struggle so what does Oli have to do now then to get United playing consistently what would you do three things that you would do just quickly on Arsenal, as another famous Irish person said, not Kieran. I think they'll have just enough to stay up this year, so I think they'll be all right, Hayden. But, uh, yeah, no. Look, they, they need to do the things that you said, Hayden. They need to find combinations all around the pitch. I've said this before, like even last season and earlier this season. For Ollie now, the next step in his development as a coach is knowing who plays well with who and finding those combinations. Look, Mate, do you remember that famous saying that Alan Anson said, you can't win anything with kids? Well, if we win the league this year, we might look back and say, do you remember what that idiot on EFS said? Fat boy, sliver, grave, sooner, she can't win anything with Paul Pogba, mate. So, look, you know what I mean? It's, it, it, there's, there's, listen, he, listen for me, Joe, he, he, a lot of people won't like to hear this. Paul Pogba is very key. Getting him in, if, he's playing, if he's playing in form, he's very key to where United finish. Because if he starts playing poorly again, then what you're going to see is negativity from the fan base. You know, he's going to be targeted. It's going to bring a dark cloud around United. If he starts playing well again, United will be a much better side for me. And then they'll look much more threatening as well. I I probably doubt to Paul Pogba more than anyone on, on this. Not that, not, not, I've not seemed to talk about it much, but in my own personal view, I probably doubt to Paul probably more than most on here. And I don't mind saying it, but 
actually over the last two or three weeks and you look at his performances uh, and the, the way he's, you know, he's come good, I think he now has shown that he can play a role in different formations, whereas before I actually thought the way Ollie wanted to play in the different formations Ollie was using, I just couldn't, any one of those that Ollie played, I just didn't see a play for Paul Pogba. But now I see a play for Paul Pogba in a 4-2-3-1. I see a play for Paul Pogba in a, in a diamond midfield on that left-hand where, side. Where, are you, where do you see him in a 4-2-3-1? Because I think this well, is a I'll come around with everyone, but where I'll would see, you be to play him? I, in in the in the games against at Old Trafford against the so so say we were playing Sheffield United tomorrow night at home, I would actually be happy to see Paul even do that as a double pivot in the two, but actually when you play better sides, if he if he can keep this form going, you'd be happy playing on that left of a three even as well. You know what I mean? I'm, and and if you can't play Bruno, we know he can play that number ten role. We, well. We hope he can. He hasn't shown, but we know he's got the attributes to do it. He's got the ability to do it. And his form at the moment, whether you like him or you don't, whether you rate him or he doesn't, he deserves to be in the team at the moment, I feel. And you have to give him credit for that. I was one of the people that said when Raiola's comments come out, if he doesn't want to be here, we need to look at other options and things like that. But obviously, when someone's playing well, why cut your nose off to spite your face, as the saying goes? You know, why... Why spite yourself of the opportunity when, you, you, like you say, this season is a one in a million opportunity for us to be in a title race? And I think Kieran makes a great point when he says it'll be valuable experience for United no matter what happens this season now. You know, if they can be involved in a title race up until the last five, ten games of the season, they'll learn so much from it. And there's no right and wrong way of winning a league. You know, if you're a United fan and you've watched the Premier League over all these years, you know they've won the league many different ways, Hayden. They've won the league. Won the league. Yeah. I couldn't care less if you won one nil to the end. Exactly. I just want to you win know that they've won the league coming from 14 points behind Newcastle. They've they've won a league being miles ahead and then just getting over the line. They've messed up leads similar to Newcastle in the past. I mean, the city when City won it on goal difference, I think at one stage, what, what was something we were a ridiculous amount of points in front. They were about point. eight points ahead. There was eight no, points between. We were eight, yeah, eight, nine points behind City. Then we did the swing where we went ahead, and obviously then the the famous Aguero goal. But uh, yeah, because I I often sit here and think to myself, God, if we'd have had an actually good start, if we'd have won the games we should have won, if we'd have done better at home, think where we'd be now, kind of thing. But that wouldn't guarantee us winning the league because whether you're in front right now or, or not, there's such a long way to go. But I do think going back to your original question, mate, it's all about finding those combinations. It's about finding that correct double pivot. And I don't think there is a right answer at the moment because we all thought it was Fred and McTominay. But we've seen we've even seen them struggle at times recently. So I think if United want to be want a challenge, they can't play them together. That can't no, be you're, not gonna, you're not gonna have the goals in the team. And this is why I think they won't, but I think it would be they'd be silly not to be looking at getting a good DM in, in January. Or at least getting the win because I think the DM unlocks the balance of this team. Yeah. I've said it before, a hybrid of a Pogba and, and a Matic or a, a, a McTominay and a Fred, one person that can do want that job instead of two means that it frees up. You can get another attacking player in your team, which means goals. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to read out Helly's comment here and then come to you, Mark. Pogba's been good lately, playing on the left, such as a, such a difference in his performance. What was interesting is that when we saw the performance against and the formation against City, it was. It was. I thought. I thought it was a sort of a four 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 two diamond. When United went to like a four two two, Bruno was on the right and Pogba was on the left in the second half, which was actually which was actually working quite nicely. But when you look at um, who scored, Mark, it was almost a four three one two or a four three three, where Bruno was playing as a false nine, and you had Greenwood and Rashford on either side. So Oli's clearly trying to find ways to put Pogba and Bruno in the same side. But what would you be doing? It's a difficult one. What would you be doing for the front line? Because United need Martial to start banging in some goals. That is so key because, look, Cavani's not going to be able to play week in, week out. We know that. We've got two games a week now till the end of mid-January. That's I think that's what it is. So, you know, and Oli needs to find the right combination. Now, what would be your preferred front three? And, guys, chuck it in the comments as well what you think United's preferred front three should be because I think it's time you need to get Mason back on that right wing, in my opinion, and get him playing week in, week out now again because... He's shown at the end of last season that he's United, still United's best option for the right wing. Is it time that we start 
looking to blood in Pelistri, who's, who's playing very, very well at the moment, and he's scoring a few goals in there. Is it time that we look at Ethan Laird as well on the right at right back because he's, you know, he's he's looking like he's filled out as Kieran said the other day in group chat, and he's looking. We need more attacking threats. So, what would you be doing with that front three, or would you be going with Cavani and then and then rotating him with Martial? Um, yeah, exactly that. I would have uh, Martial starting some weeks, Cavani starting other weeks, depending on what you needed to play. But I think you're absolutely right with Mason putting back on the right, um, Rashford on the left or, you know, the other way around. And um, we've seen it before um, after lockdown. That's exactly what we were doing. And and at that point, we weren't asking the question about Bruno and Pogba, whether they could play together. They were. They were doing very well. Um, I feel that um, really, as you've already touched upon, Joe, with the defensive midfielder, I think that is a, a big thing. We spoke about this the other day, Kieran, didn't we, with James? Uh, a defensive midfielder is a huge thing. Whether they look for someone in January, probably not. But they really do need to get someone in. They need a Matic five years younger. I feel like um, if you're going to play Pogba in a double pivot, you have to have him next to Matic because it allows him to roam forward. And I, and I agree with Fred as well. They're quite similar players, really, Fred and Pogba. I think Pogba is better attack um, from an attacking point of view, but they're quite similar. They're quite flair players. They like to drive forward, but I feel that they can only really do that with Matic next to them. Um, I don't think it works with Matomini. I don't think it works with um, uh, anyone else. So, with, Fred, with Fred and McCoy together. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. So, um, uh, yeah, I think um, you're absolutely right, though. I think those three, yeah, we, we need Martial to find his form. He's had a couple of weeks out. He's been injured. Hopefully now, he, you're absolutely right, he's streaking. Hopefully he's going to come back and start banging in goals. You want it to be a problem where you don't know who to start. Um, Cavani's obviously played very well recently. He's now injured, but hopefully he'll come back and continue to do what he does best. And hopefully Martial, by all accounts, he's, he's had a, a decent couple of training sessions and he's probably going to start tomorrow. So let's hope that he's going to go in and, and hit the ground running because we need that as we've already spoken about this is a big opportunity now this is something where we need everyone to come out of their first gear find their second gear and move on so let's hope that they can do that tomorrow martial big and one of the being one of the biggest ones there really well said and that's the, that's the thing mark isn't it that i think united fans two things i'm not preaching this is this is just my opinion united fans need to turn around and say right okay there is quality in this squad we need to we need to actually acknowledge that because the, the excuses to me don't wash anymore. A lot of money's been spent. When you when you have the likes of Bruno and Pogba with the opportunity to bring Van de Beek off the bench, that's a strong squad in a lot of key areas, in my opinion. We're lacking a defensive midfielder, and I think that's what will ultimately undo United. I don't expect United to win. I expect us to challenge because I think there's quality there. And obviously, there's talks about centre-back. Will Upa Makano come? Probably not, Bayern Munich. But the point is that there are two or three key areas that need to be... Um, you know, strengthened, but actually United can score a lot of goals, but they're not doing that right now. So getting Martial to score is key. But it's an interesting comment here from Lakesh, just a speculation, but with Favre gone, wouldn't it be easy to get Sancho now? If we do get him, there is a stronger chance of Pogba staying. Not at all. I think that's that's probably, you know, sort of a binary way of looking at it. You know, it's, it's sort of putting two and two and, and getting seven. You know, for me, look, Dortmund made a mistake, and I'll come to you, Joe, because you've got you've got a comment on this. Dortmund made a mistake not selling him, and I think Kieran mentioned that in the summer. They're not yeah. going to get the same fee. And I, I tweeted out earlier, I said, look, James Sancho is still, for me, should be one of the main targets for Man United because, yes, we've got Diallo. Yes, we've got Pellistri. They're not ready. They'll do, do it in bursts, but not ready to start at right wing for Man United. Looking at James Sancho, still a very talented player, great talent, great end product. He's not suddenly a bad player at player overnight and a lot of people saying oh well look yeah he's not very good anymore no he would still take this united side to another level so that would be one of the key areas i'd be looking at as well still we're not going to go and get harland but i think we really need that right wing but what were you going to say joe about favre you're on mute by the way mate so i'm just gonna let you know before you start talking um <laughs> go on, mate. thanks for the heads up mate I, uh, it's much better when you tell me before well, so. i don't start chatting one minute. no i mean look like a lot of us in here, I do follow Dortmund a little bit. I, well, until this summer, I used to treat them as my second club, really. I used to love Russia Dortmund, but uh, they really they really peeved me off a bit this summer, as I think they did a lot of United fans. No, I just think the whole thing with Favre, if anything, it probably makes it a little bit harder for United, because from all accounts, from what I've heard and what you see in the media, 
I don't think the relationship was too great with Sancho and Favre. I used to hear stories of, you know, Sancho being late for training, being sluggish late, late around. He kept calling him out as well. And he kept on dropping yeah, him when, yeah. at the end of last season. So and this could work anything, in the benefit. The worst nightmare for United now is if someone like Marco Rose comes in in the summer or if someone or whoever comes in and gets that job, it does look like Marco Rose. I think you were telling us the other day, doesn't it? From Russia Great. before. Great manager. the manager that's going to embrace Sancho and he's going to make him the main man there, then obviously that makes it difficult. I think a lot of the reason why United had a chance this summer was all to do with Harvard, to be honest. I think that contributed in Sancho's thinking of a new challenge. It wasn't like he had a manager there that was going to make him stay. And I, I think, um, well, he, the manager wanted him to stay, but he wasn't, Sancho wasn't convinced on the manager, if you know what I mean. So I think that played into United's hands as well, which was another reason I was surprised the deal wasn't done because it wasn't as if he had a really loving coach that wanted him to really stay, if you know what I mean. I think Favre wanted him there because he knew it was key to his own job, if you know what I mean. Someone like Sancho is the type of player that can save you your job, isn't he? Because he can do... Think, I mean, I think Sancho has saved Favre's job because there's been a few times since Favre has got the job. I've said Favre a lot here, haven't I? But there's been a lot of times since Favre has another, got the job. Another thing as well, though, Joe, to add yeah. to that, I mean, uh, Lukash's comment was saying, you know, would it make stronger a stronger chance for Pogba to stay? Well, I think these sort of things are very... It's, I think fans think that, oh, if a player comes in, this will make a player sit. I think Pogba was wanting to leave. We've known for a long time. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you bring in Ronaldo. Pogba still wants to go. He doesn't want probably, to be at Manchester United. The more better you, the more better players you bring in, it's probably to your detriment with Pogba, uh, Hader, because it means he's not necessarily the star man. We, we've seen the rumours coming out that a lot of the reason he wants to move now is because Bruno's coming in, he's done so well, and he almost become the main man, and Pogba doesn't like that. Whether that's right or not, I don't know. That's but that's very selfish, that really, isn't it? So I, think that actually, I, don't think, I don't think that's true, if I'm being honest with you. I think that's that's all that sort of paper talk. I think players at the end of the day, you've got to remember as well, Pogba's a very influential person in the dressing yeah. room. Yeah. So either way, I think he's got a lot of respect. I think it's more to do is with the position that he's playing. I think he wants to, not even position he's playing, he wants to play regularly. And at the moment, he's not. And when you're behind Fred and McTominay, who've done really well, but they're limited, I think that's why he's upset more than yeah. Bruno coming in and playing number 10. I don't think Pogba's saying, I want to play number no. 10. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just the way I read it. I, think I would like to think if someone like Bruno's coming and had the impact that he has, Pogba should be happy because Pogba came to this club to win titles and to win trophies. And if there's one player that we've invested in in the last, since Pogba joined, it's, that can help us do that, it's Bruno Fernandes. So you can't get that. And then, not, but, and Sancho doesn't affect Pogba's place of the team. Someone like Sancho coming in doesn't mean Pogba's going to have to move to a different position because he plays in a completely different area. The biggest concern I have with the whole Pogba transfer is what message does that send to other players who we yeah. want to buy? I think that's the bigger question. Yeah, it looks like worth it, Paul or not, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah like so. it or not, Paul Pogba is a big personality. He's a big player, talented player. And when one player like that leaves a club, what does it say about that club? You look at how Arsenal have exiled Ozil, probably their most talented player on the day. So if you're not going to play him, what does that say about the direction of your club? Yeah, it's a good point. I'm going to read out some comments, Kieran. I want your opinion on that. Um, the Green Devil, we had this discussion on Twitter, didn't we, the other day, but you said that you felt it was interesting. Pogba played his preferred position right after the agent talk. I wonder, did he and Ollie talk? I wouldn't be surprised if he signed a new contract. Look, I think it's very possible he signs a new contract. One, I think he's got that one-year extension that he can trigger, or maybe that's been triggered already. But also, two, who can afford him? Who can buy him? And look, there's, it's going to have to be a swap deal. It won't be Real Madrid. It could be PSG. It's going to probably be Juventus. Now, they're probably going to try and offer Dybala, who doesn't want to come. I would do anything for Paolo Dybala. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. I think he, if United are looking for someone with a bit of quality, if they can find a way to fit him in the side, it's debated where he plays. If United are going to play maybe a false nine sort of, sort of position, which Bruno's been doing quite a lot, I think Dybala plays that role very, very well with two... Two strikes, a bit like Liverpool, the way that Firmino drops. But everyone's putting their comments in here. Lukash is saying with his favoured front three, Martial left, Mason central, Marcus right. Interesting, because a lot of people have been saying um, Mason's central as well. So did Heli, <clears throat> exactly the same. Marcus on the right, Green Devil. <clears throat> Sorry, guys, I've got something in my they're so They're so interchangeable, those three, aren't they? So yeah. you, you could put them in any position, really. I know some have a better position than others, but 
Um, they're all valid points. They're all valid. Absolutely. Green Devil, Rashford, Cavani, Greenwood, Martial as a sub. I'd be giving Rashford a rest, Kieran. He does not look right. He's not played well recently. He's carrying an injury. We all know that. I'm just, I just feel like with this front three, it worries me still. Maybe I'm being a little bit of a downer, but I don't see the combination. I don't see what's what the first choice is or what's going to work. And if we can't get that sorted, if we're rotating, and that's why I want to talk to you about rotation. Rotation is important. I think we've over-rotated. I think Oli's tinkered a bit too much. Uh, maybe with the mind of with, in the mind with Christmas coming up, but what would you say to the front three? Like, what would you preferred one? And what's your view on the rotation? Because Oli's got to do this really cleverly, hasn't he? But otherwise, you could A, lose momentum, or two, you could get injuries. Yeah, it's... It's it's tough um, because, look, I think the most fluid front three that we have is Mason, Marcia, and Rashford. There's a couple of issues there, though. Against certain teams, that's not going to work because you need someone getting in behind, and that's where you have Cavani to come in. Making that change is perfectly fine to rotate. That's no issue. What you said is completely right. Rashford hasn't been fully healthy in a very long time. He's been injured pretty much most of his Manchester United career. And for him to score the amount of goals that he has, considering some of the injuries, is very, very impressive. But look, he does need to have that bit of a break. To say what your favorite, what your preferred front three is depends on kind of what you want out of it. Do you want like long-term success? If that's what your kind of plan is, then I think it's very obvious that you probably need to put Mason in more centrally because if he's the one that you're going to be let's just say look and now a lot of us wanted Haaland but that's not going to happen with Raiola so if the next thing is you want Mason to be your striker well then you probably need to use him as the center as your main central forward and then in other games that you don't think that let's just say it's against a real strong team or a strong defensive partnership that you don't think he's going to suit him too well you play Cavani in those games and you're going to have to use Martial and Rashford on the two sides. Let's say United were planning with Juventus to have a Pogba for Dybala swap because it's the only one that's been anyway credible. I think that's come out because before those comments from Raiola, there were there were reports that United were looking around Dybala again. So if that's the case. Well, then you're going to play very similar to how Liverpool play their front three, where you are going to play Dybala the way Firmino plays. But then that does create space for the two white players. So then you need to try and see, well, does that work if you use someone like Mason to drop in? Because he does drop drop back, but he will get into the box as well. His problem is just the hold-up play because he hasn't had a chance to do it because he doesn't play enough. That was so, exactly my point I was going to say, that can United risk playing Mason? There's two things I want to ask you, Kieran. So firstly, with Martial, now a lot of people saying playing Martial on the left. And I do agree with that because he runs the channel better than Marcus. Marcus has been hugging the touchline. And for some reason, I'm not sure why he's doing that. And that's, stopped, that's affected Tellez actually going forwards because Tellez can't overlap properly. But the other thing when it comes to Martial is defensively and doing the tracking back, he doesn't do that well enough. But then can you blame him when he's been told, right, you're the number nine, you're going to play number nine. This is your role. He's been playing like a number nine. Then he's been shifted out to the left for Cavani. You can understand for Cavani, if it's for Mason... You know, Martial's going to throw a strop because Martial's done that in the past. And can United effectively, do they have enough time? Is there enough time? Is it too risky for them to say, right, Mason, because you're still the best finisher at the club. You're going to play number nine, but he doesn't hold the ball up well enough at all. And I don't think it's necessarily a, he'll do that in maybe five to 10 games. I just think he's not physically there yet. You know, he's still only 19. Well... I agree to a certain point. Now, if that's a problem with Martial, that if he would throw a strop because they wanted Mason to play there, well, then you see that he's not a team player. And that's when you have to have questions about him. And look, like you said, we have seen it before when he was, but you want to think that that's when he was a bit younger and everything was going well at United and suddenly Zlatan comes in. You would expect him to be a little bit different now. The only thing is, I do think with Mason is that he he does need experience doing it because when you actually look at the body type of Mason Greenwood and Martial, there's not that much of a difference. The difference really for me is early on in Martial's career when he played center forward, he couldn't hold the ball up. He just wouldn't do it. And then 
after time he got better at it like you look at Martial before the lockdown he was terrible at holding the ball up and then suddenly we're seeing him improve on it so obviously it's something that during that time off that was part of his training regime to start working on that and obviously he has the problem is Martial's good at it but that's only compared to our strikers and our forwards if you put him in another team he's not to the level that you actually need a center forward and that's why we constantly talk about bringing in center forward so look I think while we're still in as we say this title race you probably have Martial at center forward or Cavani and you have Mason and Rashford on either side if you stop if you start dropping out of that I think that's when you make the switch I think that's when you put Mason there because you're like okay we need to figure out what we want to do long term long term Mason Greenwood is a striker he's not a winger and really the sooner that United get him into playing the position they want him to play in, the better it will be. Look, you were right at the start. Mason has to play because you can't expect an 18 or a 19-year-old to come in on a couple of games and be the excellent player that we know he can be if he's not playing games. He needs to play. When we saw him play week in, week out after lockdown, he was one of our best players. There's going to come to a stage where those front three are going to pl- start playing well again. Personally, I think this is a perfect game to do where you can play Pogba, you can play Mason, you can play Bruno all in the same team because, look, whether we like or not, Sheffield United are, are not going to attack us with the firepower we've seen in recent weeks. And it's the perfect time to get some of these players back into playing and playing regularly. You'll see you'll see more rotation because of the Europa League as well. You'll see Mason. He'll play at centre-forward in the oh, Europa League. You reminded me about the Europa League. Yeah. But look, like I said, it's we don't want to be there, but there are positives to it. Because, look, our team isn't ready to win trophies like the Champions League or the Premier League yet. So you need to use this time now to start improving on it. So in the next year, two years, three years, that you're putting yourself in that position if there's the plan that Martial's not going to be here for the long term and he's the short term solution, I think that's where you start making the change because we've gone to we've gone seven years trying to do the short term answer. Now we actually under Ollie, I think it's changed a little bit where we've kind of looked for the long term. But that's where I think we need to be focusing on. We can't just be focusing on this year or next year. Our team is good enough to to compete no matter what way you put those forward players. Because like Joe or Mark said, they're interchangeable. You can play, you can start Rashford on the left and suddenly he'll be coming up on the right. Same with Martial. They're all able to play each of those positions. Same with Cavani. So it doesn't really matter. It just, the only time it matters is who gets in those positions at the right time. And personally, the only players that have are Cavani and Mason. And that's a big issue when really when Solskjaer came in, he wanted Rashford to be the striker and then Martial. But you don't see them getting in those positions, but you do see Mason Greenwood and you do see um, Cavani get in there. You look at the games and they're the only ones that have really made those forward runs or had the forward chances. The problem is with, with Mason, he, I think he just needs a bigger run in the team. Yeah, good points, guys. I'm going to come to Mark and Joe for the final points. Mark, anything to add to that or anything that you want to say before we wrap up? Um, no, not tonight. Um, I, I just I just really hope that we um, get three points tomorrow. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the game um, and I really want to see exactly what Kieran's just spoken about. I think he's absolutely right. Um, it is the perfect game to go against go up against someone that isn't scoring to, to be able to get a clean sheet, defend well, and really play the players that are going to progress the ball forward and get some goals. And, and hopefully that, that will enable Martial to get a goal, um, Greenwood to maybe find some form and uh, and go from there. So we'll have to see for tomorrow night. Can I just put one point? We've gone 49 minutes and 25 seconds and Mark has not mentioned Donny van der Beek yet. <laughs> I've been <laughs> thinking about him. I've been thinking about him the whole Hopefully time. Hopefully in a, in, a, in a PG way. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> always. Always. I just want to say on, on the strike conversation as well, just to add one final point. I think one thing that they all lack and one thing that they all need to improve is their, air, air, their ability in the air. 
And I think if you're going to be a good number nine, a good centre forward, whether it's going to be Martial in the long term, short term, Greenwood in the long term, short term, they have to be better in the air. Not so much because they can score goals like that, but it gives us another outlet, another outlet for our attack. I mean, so often you see United attacking and trying to go through the middle all the time, all the time, because that's where they're, they're threatening. It'd be nice sometimes. I'm not saying sort of David Moyes against Fulham, was it, where there was the <laughs> crossers? But or Arteta like, at the moment. I, I just feel like we do score goals from crosses. That we'd be wrong to say we don't, because obviously Luke Shaw and Wamba but not enough. And and I think it had just been it just give us another string to our bow. But you're not going to cross the ball into the box too often aerially when you've got the like Martial and Greenwood in there because I mean especially Greenwood bless him he's heading it just he just sort of leaps for it it just doesn't sort of head Martial's had a couple of good headed goals but Rashford's not the kind of person who wants to put his head on the ball either so I think it's something that if any if all three of them have got aspirations of playing you know as a centre forward they need you know to improve in the air I think as well. What I will add to that, I mean, Green Devil's got a good point. Martin and Rashford, what are their best positions? Yeah, Leeds are winning 5-2. I did see that, actually, as well. That was another thing I wanted to add. Um, no, what I will say, sort of my final word on it, is that what are the best positions? I would agree. It's really difficult because I think as a forward, you have to be able to do the defensive side of it as well. That's key. So you're putting your forwards out there, right, and you're saying... You can't just say to them, Mark, you're typing away, mate. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> um, no, so my biggest problem is that they, do, they don't, they're not rounded, they're not all rounded, not like you look at Liverpool's forwards. And I know they're on a different level and they're, you know, they're further down the line in their development, but you're looking at it and you can't say with any of United's forwards, they're both good defensively and going forward. Not one of them. There's so many deficiencies on either side. You say with Rashford, you know he's he's direct. He can uh, he can score goals, but his decision making is not up to scratch. Marcel, you say you, you question his his work rate. Is it up to scratch? Mason's very young. He's a fantastic finisher, but again, the hold up play. Cavani, proper number nine, but he's old. <laughs> you know, so these sort of things, and that's the biggest problem. That when you want them to, when you want to coach them, there are certain things that they need to be doing a little bit better. For example, I don't think that they press well enough together. I don't think they act as a unit together. So there's all these things. And, and then that's a question. I'll, I'll, Kieran, I'll come to you for this final, final point then, because this is, this is a question I ask a lot of my mates who are United fans. Are the players just not good enough or are they not being developed to the right level? Because I think there's a lot of talent there. But then also I have thought recently, is Martial really, has he really developed the player we want to be? No, and it's not his fault. He's had two defensive managers. But is a talent actually there? Are we have we just got overexcited as United fans with Marcus Rashford? Very good player, but is the talent actually there to be one of the best? I think Mason's the only one for me. I look at it and think he's he can go right to the top. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think Rashford's a very very good player. I think for him, it's been one of those where he needs to settle in into that position, stay in it, and actually, like we've look. Rashford's problem has always been the same, even since when he was at the youth level. It's It's been his composure in front of goal. We've seen it. If you, you can go back and look at that youth levels, the reason he wasn't one of the favourites to kind of come through because he was this kind of speedy player, but didn't he wasn't scoring as much. And that's why a lot of people were surprised when he actually got his chance and took it. And when he scored in the first two games, I think a lot of people were surprised. The problem I have with Martial is that I do think that we've overrated him a little bit because of just how good people think he is. For me, the problem with Martial Rashford is they probably don't have a, like a set position. While you look at Mason, you're like, in a couple of years, I can easily see him being a centre forward. With Rashford and Martial, I you see them as inverted wingers, but the problem is United don't really want to play with inverted wingers. I can see Rashford playing as a winger because he's more direct than Martial is. It doesn't mean Martial's not a good player. He is. I don't know if he fits the style of play that Manchester United want to play. And that's why there's been rumours, and I know it hasn't been like completely all around like social media and stuff, that Martial might not be at United for the long term. And it seems crazy because he has been one of our better performers. But 
when you actually step back and look at it is does he fit the long-term plan of at United in terms of his the position they want him to play and personally I don't think so because if you bring in Jaden Sancho how are you going to fit in Jaden Sancho, Martial, Rashford, Greenwood, Cavani, and you wanted to bring in Haaland. One of those players was planned on not being at Manchester United. It was definitely It was Martial. There was look. Martial was going to play on the left with Rashford, and they were going to rotate. Yeah, look, there was rumors around the club, and there was a lot of people that kind of had close contacts that there were there were kind of signs that Martial wasn't going to be there in the long term. And I can see, I can understand it. I don't like it because he's a very good player and you don't really want to get rid of good attacking players because I said it with the Dybala rumors. The more good attacking players you have, the better. You saw it when City were at their top was that they literally had about three players for every single attacking position. And that's kind of what you want. The problem is that if Martial and Rashford aren't playing well, we don't look that well offensively you need someone like not to the same level as bruno but to have those consistent performances and those consistent kind of um not, not even performances but like what they get out of the game so even though when bruno plays bad he gets an assist or he gets a goal you need that we've had it over the years where we've had a striker play terribly but they've still scored and that's why most actually so good i know he plays for yeah. Liverpool and we hate him. actually He's so consistent. He's always affecting the game, whether it's an assist or a goal. Um, and that's what United need, don't they, in that front line? Because the problem is that too many of them go missing. Too yeah. many of them will, will go on a five to ten game streak of not scoring. And then it's all on Bruno, and he can't do it all. And then then Bruno gets frustrated, and then fans get on Bruno's back saying, oh, well, his pass, pass completion rate 60%. Yeah, because he's trying to make something happen. Because yeah. it's a bit, Joe, you're on, you're on mute, mate. Look, look! Look at last season, uh, Hayden. They, they scored sixty goals, the three of them, and and something like four goals between them uh, up to now after eleven games or something. So, therein lies the inconsistent. Long to, we're not just looking at a small sample size. Of seat, you know, we're looking from we, we're using our eyes, and also we're looking at long term stats here. Last last season, their goal output was amazing, but obviously. This season, in a season where there's been probably more goals than ever as Scored well, let's anything. not forget yeah. that. Yeah. They're, they're, not, they're, not, they're just not coming up with a goal. Thankfully, obviously, we're getting goals from other areas of the pitch and, and with Bruno and stuff, and that's fine. But, yeah, I mean, sooner or later, you're trying, but like you said at the top of the show, mate, it's exciting in a way because if they do start to fire... Then he just wondered where that could take us, and you know maybe that's a positive note to finish on. But I don't know. Uh, the problem, the problem that I have, I think, is you think of United and what is a United goal? You look at Manchester City, and you know what a Manchester City goal is. It's Mares or Sterling going past, basically crossing it low into the box, and somebody getting. That's why Sterling in the last what two years was pretty high up there in goals. And so, they're not doing that now, are they, Kieran? They're, no, they're, they're not. They're, they're struggling they're as well. Output's gone down as well, mate. You know what I mean? But, like, if you have strikers like Joe, you mentioned earlier, that don't score many goals with their head, well, then that's the type of crosses you need. You need it going right in the face of goal where someone can get on the end of it. You look at Liverpool, you know how they're going to score on, on a weekly basis. You look at United, you don't know because if Bruno doesn't play well, you're like, oh, how are we going to score today? And that's the problem when we talk about three players who scored 60 goals and you still don't know. Look, you know for Mason, if he if he does his step overs on the right, he'll cut in and score. But do you know that for anybody else? Yeah, that's true. A penalty. A penalty. Not anymore, though. Now, what I will say, uh, last point. Mark, you got anything to add? Not tonight, man. I'm very quiet tonight. Got a lot on my mind, but yeah. No. <laughs> I've been a bit poorly today, so I'm, I'm just uh, I'm just happy to listen, but I'll put in when I've got the two pairs. Uh, I'll get back to you on that date invitation. Uh, but don't, <laughs> <laughs> time, mate. don't let it bother you. I told you to be quiet about that. It's because you've got the new fresh you fresh trim on the side show and that he, he's he's seen yeah, what he's going to miss i've gone for the jack grealish mate. you know my he's already bitch tennis mirror players <laughs> i think we're going to sign jack grealish at some point so i've gone for it i'm getting in early mate also, nobody but, perhaps it's an omen no but what what i will say what well, last point i'll add because we've got to wrap up guys but um what i will say about 
this United squad as well is that that is a problem because there's a lot of talent there. So that's where that's where I think sometimes question, you know, what what are we doing on the training ground? What is the emphasis on? Because I feel like the emphasis on at the moment, and this is not necessarily the player's fault, but the Spurs fa- Spurs result completely rocked Ollie. So for him, I think he's generally thinking, right, I, I need to not concede. So if you're going to play with that mindset, then what's going to happen is going forward, the, the players will struggle. The offensive players are going to struggle if you're not creating as many chances. But what I will say is that on a positive note, and thank you so much, guys, for all your comments. It's been fantastic. Heli, thank you. The Green Devil, thank you. And to Lakesh as well and uh, a few of the others. But what I will say, last point, is that United are in a good position where they just need to think about themselves, play well, win your games, be adventurous, show a bit of intensity. That is the biggest thing for me. Show a bit of... Um, I would say courage as well. Go out there and play and blow teams away and make them worried about what we have to do, not the other way around, because this United side is packed full of quality. So, Kieran, thank you very much. Joe, thank you. Mark, thank you as always for joining us. Tomorrow, guys, we've got the Masterclass live straight after the game, so it'd be great for you to join us. And we will see you next time.